I'm a real deal. I'll shoot your liver out and hand it to you. Slow week for I, pool. I, oh no! I meant to change. I meant to I change. I played pool every it. day this week. Was not slow I at mean, all. People, people expect you. mediocrity from you, Nate. You're not letting anyone down. <laughs> Except for my uh, wait, your computer. Wait, that's, wait, not mediocre. that's not mediocre, Jim. Oh yeah, your computer. <sighs> you got your computer. I love it. This thing's awesome, man. It's all on you. Techie nerd all guys, right. give them a little well, bit of something and. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? As the uh, as the title, oh, let's let's get rid of that. As the title would suggest, it's a little bit of a slow week for pool. So we're gonna take this as an opportunity to do some plug-in in the beginning of the podcast. Um, I will start uh, because why not? Uh, we are doing apparel. Uh, we are going to have new apparel coming out, which means that this is the opportunity for everybody to put in custom orders. There, there it is, right there, Rob. Uh, if you would like a custom anything, whether it's uh, a hoodie, a long sleeve, a V-neck, a tank top, a new set of underwear. I know Jim's already ordered 40 of those that are custom. Uh, you can order anything that you want uh, to basically get made up. And once it's done, I'll send it out to you. So if you are out there are, I guess, tuning in and you boys wanted a V-neck, but we don't have like a V-neck type of T-shirt. Uh, I know that Dom, I know that Dom ordered a. Uh, 20 of the uh, cutoffs so that he can wear it against Cleary to intimidate him with those massive muscles. Uh, the and, belly uh, shirts, huh? The dog shirts. The dog shirts. That's like absolutely. No, listen, that might be a million dollar idea right there, boys. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> just just well, on gag gifts, gag gifts alone, you know? Well, I guess you can't argue with that. Yeah. But Good. I would like to. <laughs> All right. So, uh, if you would like a custom anything, reach out to myself. Uh, you can reach out to the podcast. You can reach out to the website, queuituppodcast.com, and just let us know what you want. We'll get it ordered up and sent out. And I don't really know what Rob is doing right now. but um, I'm reaching out. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, you already got your custom order in, and we'll get, we'll get that to you once you get it. So uh, my next announcement, we are doing an Air Rush giveaway. <gasps> so... We are going to be giving away a Predator Air Rush. The way that you enter into it is you just sign up for the podcast at pay or you sign up for the Patreon at uh, patreon.com forward slash queue it up. I will put that in the comments right now forward slash queue it up. And one of the lucky Patreons to the podcast will get a free Air Rush just for being a part of the Patreon. So, yeah, well. Maybe I will. Who knows? So that is in the comments right there. And uh, I do want to give a thank you really quick to the ones that signed up. I normally do this in the beginning of the podcast, but I'll do it right now. Thank you very much to Patrick Neal, Rodrigo Delgado, O'Neal, and David Wiersma, the worm. Thank you very much for your uh, addition to that as well. Oh, yeah. And Ryan Walker as well. So thank you very much to you guys. You guys are going to be entered into a drawing to win a free Predator Air Rush, which is in the comments right there. And uh, that is all of my announcements to get out of the way in the beginning. So, Melina, Mike, take it away for whatever you want to plug. Mm, no, I don't got a whole lot. Just keeping out on my pages, selling a bunch of stuff, getting ready to travel in the next month. So, 
um, at my personal Molina Mike or at Windows Open. Got a bunch of stuff lined up in the next three months, so it's going to be awesome. It's definitely the page that you're going to want to follow. I will put that also in the comments right now. So go over and make sure to like and follow Molina Mike's page, uh, Windows Open, and yeah, it's good stuff. Jim, anything? Rob, anything? I got nothing pretty quiet at the moment. Uh, recovering from Moscone and from a, a little bout of COVID. Um, so I got, no, I got nothing going on at the moment, uh, personally. Still playing in it. Yeah, get over to the CSL IPL, uh, the, the, the online uh, pool league, and have a look over there, CSL IPL. Uh, get in touch with them. And um, if you want to play some on online challenges and some online leagues, very good league that I'm involved in. Very well run. Grant Zemp and Ben Francis doing a great job over there. So if you're interested, oh, great. In you, got, you got a table at home or a table you've got access to, and you want to play some ghost pool for a little bit of money, a little bit of practice, get over there and check it out. Other than that, I got nice. nothing else really. They're good guys too. Yeah, I got, uh, I'll, I'll plug an upcoming uh, three cushion event. Uh, it's going to be held, uh, Mazen Shuni is running it. Uh, it's going to be held at uh, Casino del Sol in Tucson, Arizona. And it will be uh, running from the 2nd of January through the 8th. Uh, there's 60-some uh, players in a B tournament, and in a handicap tournament, in a open event, uh, and then in a scotch doubles event, team event, where you can have one master player basically and one uh under one, I guess, something like that. So that's going to be going on for a week. I will be there in attendance with a few other players from Wisconsin. And that is uh, that is going to be streamed. Uh, PPDDD, something like that? PBBTV? One more time? G. Can you do that one more time, Rob? <laughs> I'm not sure. BBTV or something? Southern California, <laughs> I think they are. But they do a lot of the three-cushion events. And uh, so this should be fun because I'll be playing in the uh, handicap event uh, because I'm a beginner in three cushion. So I'll be getting spotted. Say if I play somebody like Pedro, Pedro Buena, uh, he'll be spotting me 20 to go into 40. And so right. I'll, I'll be liking that because I just played uh, Frankie Torres and Hugo Patino uh, here in Madison. And we went to 25 and I got to 13 respectively with both. So, uh, that kind of spot for me will be real competitive. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Well, go, buddy. Go for it. Jim, can I say that uh, you're the one that gave me COVID? <laughs> is, that, is that fair to say that, by the way? I think that you are the one who gave me COVID. Well, you were the one that kept following me around, licking me and stuff like that, and trying to cuddle <laughs> me and want photographs and kept, kept asking for my autograph and everything. So I'm pretty sure, I mean, you know, it's your own fault, really. Hopefully you boys were manscaped, huh? I wasn't in any case. Manscaped 4.0. But so, I guess uh, anyone, anyone who's so, watching, like, like Nate said, this is going to be a little bit of a slow week. We've got a couple of topics we're going to go over, but I mean, this is your opportunity. If there's anything that you want to hear our opinions on that's been going absolutely. on, that's going to happen, then whack it in the comments, and I'm sure we can come up with something to keep you entertained uh, or give our opinions on, on, on whatever's going on. So feel free. This is your opportunity. Way to go, Jim. Doesn't you there have it. to be somebody watching before we get a comment? Well, we always get yeah, some we, 
Yeah, we just have to start talking about the Moscone Cup, and then uh, then we go. start going crazy. So why don't we? Why don't we do? We haven't heard from Jim, we haven't heard from Melina, Mike, and we haven't heard from Rob yet. Mm-hmm. I gave all my opinions. Uh, Jim, what would you were there with me? So uh, what 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 would you like to start out for topics for the Moscone Cup? I mean, yeah, there's going to be the standard things that 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 that, that create the the big conversations, a couple of the, 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 the calls that were made by the referee during the matches and the, the little bit of controversy that's going on about that. I think there's been enough said about that, to be honest. Everyone's got a different opinion on it. Um, for me, I, I, for me, the one thing I would like to highlight is two, two people in the team that I, uh, that I was, one that I was very, very impressed with and one that I was very disappointed with. Um, I'll start with the positive. I was very impressed with how Jeremy handled the whole situation. I thought he did a great, he did a great job. We spoke to him before the Moscone Cup and we discussed maybe where his, his slight shortcomings were in 2020 with you know trying to pick the team up and be a motivator and get the spark back in the team when things were going against him. I think he led from the he led from the front. He was put in a real tough situation with having to play. He showed heart on the table. He showed fight in the seat while he was watching. He was he was involved. He was engaged in everything. And um, I really thought I, I thought under the circumstances, I thought Jeremy did a great job. And I would I personally would like to see Matchroom pretty much immediately already announced that he's getting a third try, so he can already start thinking and start perhaps contacting a group of players to say, "Listen, you're on my radar. This is what I expect from you this year. This is what I expect to see from you if you really want to be." part of this and, and put yourself in with a shout so that so that you can already start getting players involved in the whole build up to the Moscone. And I, I, I think he deserves another shot. If anyone's doubting whether or not it should be him, then uh, then then I, I think 100%, I think he did a great job uh, considering. Um, he wasn't ready to play. I mean, he did his best and and he could have come out with a point against uh, Al-Qaeda uh, if certain circumstances hadn't happened the way they, they, they'd happened. Um, and the other one was, um, I think, if you're going to have a vice captain, get a vice captain, not a playing vice captain. Um, I agree with that. And it doesn't have to be a pool player. I think we're a lot of people are stuck in the idea that it has to be somebody who's been in the pool world or has been a player in order to come into one of those roles, captain or vice captain. I completely disagree. I mean, Jeremy knows enough about the game. He knows enough about the players. What they need in there is somebody that will get them get them prepared mentally to go out there and, and keep them mentally prepared, even when things are going against them. Uh, from what I saw from Shane, he got frustrated and he he wasn't there for the rest of his team. Skylar and um, even Chris were were doing more of, you know, approaching the, the, the chair when, when their fellow players were playing and, and, and picking them up and giving them the, the fist pump or the high five and getting them motivated. Um, not entirely sure what happened. I haven't really heard anything from Shane since there, but it, the whole vice captaincy thing didn't work um, for, for for him. Um, and uh, I think it's time for them to, you know, Shane just Shane's a player. He's, there's been talk about him not playing Moscone or not being selected. That's just rubbish. You don't leave Shane for going out with the team. That's just stupid. You don't have yeah, you don't you don't you don't have six Shane Van Bonings to choose from, so you can't leave one behind. You know. <laughs> Uh, that's 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 crazy talk, but he's a player, and he just stick as a player. Um, I thought Skyler had another fantastic Moscone. He was he was far and away the strongest American player. He's almost, I mean, he's not 
USA is number one for uh, 50, uh, for 48 weeks of the year. As, or sorry, for uh, 51 weeks of the year, he's not USA's number one player. But for those four days, he is and has been for the last few years. Yeah. And very well put. For, for me, I'd you know Shane's had his spots in the the, the team, and Darren Appleton mentioned it before that they always knew where Shane was going to play as the strongest player and the number one player. If I'm Jeremy or the next captain, hopefully it is Jeremy. I'd almost be thinking, you know what, Skyler is that guy now. You know, he's proven it over the last few years. Let's give him the leading role. Let's give him the big matches, the, the matches that are seen as the the, the big uh, um, momentum changers or, or the big points and give Sky that because he's proved it the last few years and he was solid again. He played great, I thought. Um, so, um, again, Shane's still the number one American player, but for some reason in that Moscone setting over those four days, it's Skyler and it has been. Right. So why not put the faith in him and give him that responsibility and give him that chance? Yeah. Other than that, I enjoyed myself. Um, thought it was a great setup again. I was disappointed in the crowd behaviour. As a European fan, I was a little embarrassed a lot of the time by some of the th things that I saw and heard. I've spoken to a you few were people. Part of that and, outfit. Yeah, but <laughs> some of the things that we we we, had, we, we witnessed threatening behaviour towards us and towards other people. People were leaving because they they felt like it was too threatening the behaviour between some of the fans. And these are European fans against other European this fans. This is yeah, this is European fans on European fans. You know, this is not European fans towards American fans. This is within their, their, their own uh, crowd. Um, and it, obviously they weren't there for the pool. A lot of them weren't there for the pool. They were just there to, to, to get drunk as much as possible. And it's almost like they'd been let out of their cage after being locked up for with the whole COVID <laughs> thing for a while. And they just were behaving like animals. And it was, it was, it was embarrassing to see. I'm glad I've watched it back. And you didn't really get that idea over the television, which I was glad. Uh, over the TV, you, you, you didn't really hear these individual things that were being said and the arguments that were happening in the crowd and stuff like that. Um, there was apparently apparently somebody was sick over the person in front of them. Uh, there was another one who, who decided that it was too much trouble for him to go to the toilet, so he was urinating in the, the large the large um, buckets of that you got. Was just sat there, and this is all happening and nothing's being controlled by the. By the by, the security there, and uh, the referee had a very had a very difficult time. Poor guy, nobody saw him pull it out. I mean, no. what are we talking about here? We like, got the inside story here, yeah. cool fans. And, I didn't uh, even know this these are these, are, these are all things that were happening, and uh, it's it's this that has to be controlled a little bit better, in my opinion. Um, but other than that, I really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> Besides that, <laughs> yeah. <I'm okay. laughs> If, if the guy, if the guy that had been sick was sick over me, or it was the guy yeah. beside me that was urinating in the bucket, then then okay, I'd have been a bit annoyed. But we, myself and Nate, we we witnessed threatening behaviour towards us on day three. The, the 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 group of guys in front of us, were, they were more busy with trying to trying to get us angry and trying to piss us off than they were watching the pool, huh. you know. And they were threatening us, you know. And it was Ooh, like, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, they didn't like Jim. But Did you tell him that you, you have your own podcast? <laughs> yeah. I said well, he wanted Nate, to fight me more. <laughs> Nate, Nate didn't help because Nate, Nate turned around to one of the guys and said, do you even realize who you're talking to? And I'm like, Nate, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> the guy doesn't care. But the other guy that was sitting on the other side of me, Cookie, who goes with me every year, he's massive and he's built like a, an absolute tank. He actually stood up and left. And the security said, you can't stand up now. You can't leave. There's a match going on. He says, if I don't leave now, then I'm going to end up in a fight with the guy in front of me. So you better leave me, let me leave now. 
And then they started to keep an eye on this group and it quietened down. But um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't always nice. It wasn't always. Uh, um, I think uh, to be fair, crowd. I think I think most I, I would say 95 percent of the bad stuff that happened happened on day three. Day three seemed to be a bad day. I thought day one and day two were fine. Besides, uh, besides, uh, I guess, Retappy's in the uh, the chats right now. He tried to fight me on day one. He didn't like me very much. So uh, besides him, you know, being completely unruly on day one. Uh, I, I thought I thought the event was good except for day three, and I hated. I absolutely hated the every time oh somebody asked me. I mean, it's yeah. It's but Jim, like every, I like everybody on earth. But Jim, know you, know what, you know what? This, this is not a new thing. This is not a new thing, and the people that are screaming it are thinking that they've invented it. But this was happening like eight years ago. But it was only happening maybe once every day. And it was like it would get a giggle. Now they seem it to got think carried away really bad. In times, people are going to laugh every single time. It's not funny anymore. It's just <laughs> well, irritating. I don't. Right? I don't know, Jim. I got to. I got to push back on that a little bit. I mean, I feel like every one of these extensions. I feel like every one of these extensions. It's like a beautiful snowflake. They're all unique in their own ways, and you need oh, to. Yeah, you oh, need, absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. need to treat these extensions with the, with the true respect that they deserve, and the fact that they are art. Right. Every single one of them is unique in its own way, and it's beautiful about? to hear. It's comedy gold. It is. It's comedy gold. It is. It's, 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 it's genius. It's, it's so it's so amazingly creative that you have to appreciate the comedy genius behind it. But anyway, let's leave it at that. I got enough attention over the four days. Let's not give it any more. Yeah, Mike. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I gave my opinion last time when I was with Darren. So, uh, I mean, I don't have too much to add based off of what Jim said. So, uh, I guess, Mike, as far as being home watching it, let's start with you. What you got? No, I mean, we for us at home, we didn't really get too much of, you know, those kind of details, you know, or that kind of vibe. It was the atmosphere came through really nicely, though. Um, I know that when things started to turn, maybe more American fans were, you know, complaining while well, they're quiet or down or the referees not being in control. I don't know, man. I, I like seeing I like seeing crowd interaction in sporting events, and it's like that. I don't care if you're shooting a free throw, and they're trying to go and shark you, or if you know whatever it is, right? If you're going for for a kick in soccer, I mean, just pick the sport, you know. Um, I guess aside from golf, but um, I like the way it came through on the television. I do, man, you know, with the music and the dancing and it was good seeing fans back. I know that a lot of people are really excited for Vegas, though. No, like, yeah. it's yeah. not even it's not even a matter of like, oh, it was 11 five. Like, it's like, oh, we're going to get them and we'll see you guys next year. You know, and I think a lot of the fans. It's 11 but a lot of fans are like, you know, we want to be there and go and support our team, you know, from the American side of things and um, want to be a part of that ex experience. And as someone who hasn't necessarily had like the Moscone Cup because it was so one-sided for so many years, I didn't always like look at it in the greatest light at times. But over the last like five years, it's just grown and just been completely on the upside. And despite the 11-6. how much hate it gets. Yeah, well, I mean, you're always going to have haters no matter what you're doing, you know, and um, people are always going to go and criticize and assume and post things online that they know this or, or that or whatever. I mean, we'll get to the bottom of some of these things here sooner than later. But mm. um, overall, 
Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, man. I'm looking forward to Vegas for the first time in, in years of actually going and seeing the Moscone Cup. I can't wait for tickets to go on sale come February. Um, you know, a lot of the score lines, USA left a lot of points on the table, and we know the big ones, but there were a lot of like 3-1 matches in favor of Team USA that they didn't close on that they should have. Um, so it really leads me to be optimistic uh, of what their chances will be like come December. Um, and really, like everybody, you know, just give them more respect. You know, I know there's a lot of things that they could have worked on collectively. Um, but hell, man, they weren't a pushover. And it's, it was completely different than what it was last year for me. You know, just seeing the type of people they are. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just, should have been six three at the end of day two, and then you've well, got a completely sure. different match. You know, they well, I mean, listen, match. I I would say, right. And if it is, if if it is, it's a completely different Moscone Cup because yep. Filler's not as sharp playing from behind. I don't care what anybody says. I've watched a lot of Filler play. He's great whenever he gets off early and he jumps on you and puts his foot on your throat. He's not the same player that you go and get from behind. You know, as much as much as Jason can be enthusiastic and keep everyone on their heels. Well, let them be three games behind and see how much enthusiasm and positive energy he has. It would have completely changed the dynamic of of that. I mean, it was it, it's not understated, but it didn't it didn't take away from what was still a great Moscone Cup for me because there were still plenty of things that uh, I just absolutely loved, man. You know, I love the drama of it all. I love the controversy, good or bad. I love people talking about it. You know, some of the you know jerks online I could do without. Uh, but I love people just – I love seeing their passion, though, in general. And I can kind of mm -hmm. just – and it's only once a year that we really see these kind of, like, emotions from people when it comes to pool. And it's only during the Moscone Cup. So um, I want to I wanna see that happen more year-round. You know, during that loose pool uh, uh, podcast they did, they did a, a going hint on having more of a proper system for the Americans and the Europeans. So I'm looking forward – to that whenever that's announced um kind of take more of the politics out of it and really just have it be based off of well at least a better part based off of players abilities and then i want to see what else they're going to go and complain about <laughs> uh, because inevitably it'll it'll be something else but um no i just an event you know and uh i look forward to it come come december and for the first time, I'm going to be there, so I'm I'm doubly excited for sure. And double no, wasn't no, kidding. No. I just got a video of some dude pissing in a bottle. I I didn't want to see that, but I got the video <laughs> of it. He wasn't kidding. I should throw it on. I should throw it on here and make the idiot famous. No, don't give him any more than he's already got. Don't give no. We we've had enough Telfer moments the last the last two the last six weeks. We don't need we don't need any more. We don't need extra fuel to that fire. You know. But what, what I will say was I, I spoke to pretty much all the players, uh, not all the American players, uh, uh, I think, to, to uh, Skylar and to uh, Chris and Tyler and the, and the European players. And they all said that at, at no stage did they feel like the, 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 the behavior of the crowd or the noise or the, or the shouts was affecting the way they were playing. So They're fair professionals. Play you know, yeah, fair, fair play to USA players. None of them used yeah. that excuse. They could easily have turned around and said, yuck, the crowd. None of them actually said that to me. They were all like that. Look, it's Moscone. The atmosphere was electric. It was loud. It was, and I think even Chris said to me, yeah, it was loud, but it was still better than playing with nobody there, you know, and yeah. which is what he did the last time, you know. Yeah, so so sure. I don't, 
they didn't give me the vibe or they didn't say to me directly that the, the crowd affected the, the way they were the, the, they were playing. I think you saw it on Sky, he was enjoying it. He was he was smiling. Yeah. He was one of the few people in the yeah, arena that had a smile on his face when people were shouting attention. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I wanna yeah, I, I mean, wanna just 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 follow up real quick on something that Jim said earlier, just about the Shane thing and being a vice captain. I think it should go to Sky. If you if you're gonna have someone that's on the team be a vice captain, then I would say have it be Sky because he's that guy to me that can live up to like all those expectations plus still play great pool. And I don't think Sky's the type of guy where he'll take it as like more responsibility. I think that's just his personality is to uplift people and to give them motivation in that kind of setting. Like, I don't think he has to try for it. Whereas Shane maybe has to kind of like push himself to be that guy in those moments because it doesn't come naturally to him. But, you know, on the other hand, I'm sure if Pinoza was here, he would say, you know, keep it someone who's not even a player and i can absolutely I can agree with that i think know? that that's the best that's the best is just have have, have one job for one person yeah. and, and that's it you know yeah. why is um, ryan dogging on my dancing i thought my dancing was fine oh shots fired that's not very nice it was more <laughs> than just your dancing it was offensive your general behavior sure. <laughs> yeah yeah can't argue with that all right rob what do you think you watched all of yeah. this I but did. Are your watched, eyes done bleeding yet? I watched every second of this thing, and and I wish there was more. I wanted more when it ended. I said, "Give me more of this." No <laughs> kidding. Sure. There, there, there wasn't any aspect of this that I can downgrade in any way. Every part of this performance, uh, Europeans and American team, the players, it was it was great pool, great fun to watch. I had people who were at this local pool hall I go to that were watching the streams. Every day they were talking about things then, which they normally wouldn't have before. Uh, all, all the players and Jeremy's performance really in that situation, yes, of course. It was actually tremendous uh, that his overall and, and the way he handled the team while being thrown into that at the same time. He's still got to do his job as as the coach. And, and, the, and now he's got to play? Come on, that was... That was remarkable. That that whole performance. Uh, Matchroom did a just a superb job for sure. Uh, from from a fan's perspective, we we had the opportunity to replay anything we wanted to do at any time. You guys watching it live couldn't do that. You can't say I want to watch that over again. Let me do it. at home. We could do it over and over, so we could. I went we days could, later and watched that last rack between David and uh. Uh, what a rock! Best rock of pools ever. Been absolutely, Jeremy. Yeah, I have a few times. Absolutely, yeah. there's no no question. I mean, and some of the shot making was phenomenal, and some of the shot making wasn't so much. But you could go back and look at it, and from my perspective, I analyze everything. That's what I like about pool. And I would go back and say, why did the guy miss the shot? Why? There has to be a reason why. And sure enough, you go back and you go, yep, there it is. There's that reason. There's that same old thing that affects all pool players affecting the best right. in the world under these extreme circumstances of playing. Well, the pressure uh, of four-inch pockets are going to go in and do that to you. Yeah, right? and, and as, especially off the short rails, off the end rails. Any ball that was a little short off the end rails was not going in. The long rail is a little different story at the right speed or whatever. Some of the pockets were taking some shots. Uh, but, no, you couldn't undercut a shot going in along the short rail. That was not happening. So that, that one was entertaining. The other thing I really liked was the fact they weren't breaking and running every rack. There was messes. 
and right. and this and now you get to see pool well, at a higher level. Rex, yes, the know? chess game pool being played by very intelligent pool players and very skilled pool players, and the give and take and what's going to happen. Are we going to? I'm going to push out, but what am I going to push out to? I love those kind of situations. And the guys go, no, you, you shoot it. Well, then you kick the ball in or jump it in or do something else. Spectacular. That jump shot, Sky made. With the shape he got on the next ball on the other rail, full-length table, the ball bounced like, what, three feet away from the two ball? And then he lands right on the two and his, knocks it in. His instincts are phenomenal. I now, mean, come like, on. And his execution. That was like one of the pressure. greatest jump shots I've ever seen. I, I before he shot it, I'm thinking, is he going to fly this ball all the way to the two, or what's going to happen here? So that was just that was just remarkable. the The other thing I really liked was the commentary. I, these the commentators were so good; they're so knowledgeable about the game, so entertaining. You you saw the. Well, I was going to bring this different. up. So I'm glad you did it. What's I want I want to hear your. I want to hear you and Melina Mike's uh, take on the commentary. I was going to bring this up after this, so I'm glad that you did it. Uh, I want to hear you guys' thoughts, not only on the commentary, but uh, individually, Niels and Kelly, uh, I guess individuals. Because, I mean, Niels might be the best commentator out there. They were wonderful. My money, but. Yeah, both of them. Both of them. You you see the game from so many perspectives when they're the ones doing the commentary. It's not just this Paul's going to be potted there or pocketed there or whatever. It's 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 what what are they thinking? Before they yeah. shoot, what are they thinking while they shoot, or should they be thinking anything? You get, you just get pool knowledge coming out your ear. So that was fun for me. I, I really enjoyed that commentary, and then of course the production itself, the matchroom production, the 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 shots going in and coming back out from the table and the different angles, and it was just a wonderful thing to watch. Trust me. And as far as the refs go, I mean that's not an easy job. I mean, they, they got it. They got it hard, and I think they did a real good job, actually. All in all, the refs—they were mm. right there. They were spontaneous. They were—they did their job. They announced the racks. They—they—they they, they announced the score. They did everything they were supposed to do. And so, and and the tension. I did look at one thing that I, it caught—it caught me a little bit, and that was uh, Joshua's uh, demeanor during his matches. He—it seemed to me was almost too light-hearted, too happy in a way. And he was maybe trying to uh, calm the moment down in himself by putting that out there. Because after his match or after a game and when his teammates came over, all of a sudden that smile went away and now it was... You can tell he was nervous you know, at times. It was like he's still, a, he's still a killer, though. I mean, but the, you saw it on his exactly. face. You saw him going where. But he, yeah, and he can go and just process it, you know, and, yes. and just turn it into him being the monster that he is. But that's the beauty right. of it, is that because it shows how human the game is, right? Exactly. Because we've all been there in spots, and we think like, oh man, I'm gonna dog this shot coming yeah. up, and then you know you don't. Well, but it's like even the best players in the world can go through those range of emotions despite how great yes. their execution is on the biggest of stages. Yes. I think that's yeah, my favorite. That, that was so fun. That to is watch. my yeah. that's my favorite for like the biggest myth in pool is that if I just get to that next level, I no longer have to be nervous anymore. <laughs> Never works no. out that way. You're always nervous. Well fear of failure. I mean every sport on earth gets talked this gets talked about at some point in time, right? It's just something you can't have, but we're human. 
and I don't care. You do. It is there. I made a tape, went to a hypnotist 30 years ago to get rid of it and to have things that I could do on the table while I'm playing to get rid of that feeling, get rid of that thought. And it worked. I made a tape out of it. And before I went to tournaments, I'd play the tape in the car. And uh, it would give me an opportunity to block out. Trust me, people out there in the pool world, if you're having problems with interference from outside sources when you're trying to concentrate, go to a hypnotist. Do it. Don't hesitate. Because it's, you can't do it on your own. Okay. Uh, Mike, what did you think of the commentary? Oh, I, I think it was it was top shelf for sure. And I think early on, it seemed like Niels was trying to just um, push like every kind of shot, but he just instantly became just completely comfortable um, in that in that chair. And Kelly is just her delivery is is incredible. You know, both of them have uh, resumes, um, and not just that, but like Rob said, it was like them describing moments in matches, like where it got bigger, where the tension picked up. It wasn't just for me, and this is what I love. It wasn't just the he's gonna hit it with top right and come two rails. You know, it was it was so much more than that. It was a great mix of of <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a great mix of of knowledge and and emotion. Um, and obviously, I mean, they're you know they're Europeans, um, but you know the the best part for me uh, was just I was sweating it. You know, like there were moments <laughs> in that Moscone Cup where I was. It reminded me of like watching like a World Series. And yeah, like, oh you know, yeah. And, and and I'm nervous on every pitch or at every <laughs> at bat. Like I was that kind of. And I remember it like whenever Chris and Jeremy were playing, I said, and I'm and I'm like pacing in my living room, man. You know, and, and, and I never really, I never really have sweaters like that. You know, in pool, and it's funny because I'm or like when Jeremy's coming back from three one, and then he ties it up, and you know, if he wins, I lose money, but I was still rooting for him. You know, because it was just, it, it was I, like, how can you not, you know, like just get there, get that ball down, you know, and um, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. And I don't get that a lot from, from pool, man, you know, but that was the kind of, that was the way that it was delivered to us, you know, yeah. no matter how you were watching. And it was a, it was a collective from the production to the commentary to the players and their execution, um, obviously their abilities. I mean, just from top to bottom it was it was amazing and i and i wish people would just appreciate it more online and just give them there was a lot of unknowns going into it and they got thrown a lot of curveballs you know especially at the last moment and they still did the the best of it and just imagine like if if anybody listened to half of these knuckleheads and they packed up and went home we would have been robbed of so many uh amazing matches and amazing storylines throughout the Moscone cup so um yeah and just keep it I'll tell you something, <clears throat> being in the crowd, there was a big chunk of the European fans that were actually, they were kind of rooting for Jeremy to get across the line against uh, ah, the, the score. The score was still going to be in our favour, in Europe's favour, and he got so much respect. There was so much respect there for the way Jeremy handled himself with this, the stuff that was thrown at him. He went out there and he played proper pool. He wasn't as sharp as, as he would have liked to have been, obviously. Pretty sharp. The fight you saw him just try so hard, man. You saw him just leave it all out. The effort was was physically coming out of him. You could see he was just (laughs) so into it. He wanted to drag his team back in. He wanted to be that leader. He wanted to be the guy to to set the example. 
And it was fantastic to see. And I, I was sitting there, and I, I think I even said to Nate, I said, I kind of don't mind if Jeremy wins this. Yeah. <laughs> How cool would that be? You know? And, right. Um, and then what happened happened. And yeah. The, 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 would have the been their only win of the day. Over, you, know? Um, you know? Wow. But it was great to, it was, it was, yeah, it was great to see. It was, and, and you're right, it was edge of your seat stuff. Uh, for, really for, was, for the majority man. of it, you know, for, for, for two and a half days at least, it was edge of your seat stuff, you know, and uh, there's a couple of matches that USA could that, that should have won, probably, could have, should have, um, sure. but, they, but they didn't, and that's what happens, and it ended up the way that's it ended That's sports, up. though, right, Jim? I mean, you can't fade that in any, you know, in, in no. any game. That's you know, just the way that it, it's just tougher because it's a you know it's under a microscope and and yeah. it's it's a race to five so it is kind of very fast and but every little mistake is going to be magnified because it can really oh, just yeah. sway things the other way and no lead is is set you know and four inch pockets to me made it incredibly compelling you yeah. know because there were times when I've watched pool before where I was like all right he's out I'm not even going to pay attention and then I'll just go back and watch the you know the, the next break. I didn't get that at all. This event, like no. I was watching the shots, you know, I was watching, you know, how they were going to go and move and get there and get shape and the execution of the ball getting down. I mean, just so many things that um, were, were phenomenal, man. I mean, just, just, just yeah. phenomenal. Um, that's what Moscone is. The format, everything right. about Moscone gives the opportunity for these things to happen. And when they do happen, it's just, it's fantastic view and it's great to watch. Um, it must be it must be so heart, disheartening as a player when it when it when it happens to you you know these little things you know some of the some of the roles that we saw you know I mean Joshua Filler must have been sitting in his seat when he was playing against Tyler thinking what is going on here you know yeah. and, and that point was an important point for the USA you know it kept the momentum going as well and, and how many times is a guy going to miss three the game. There's no other tournament that gives you that. You only get that with Moscone, and that that is the charm of it. That's that's the the magic of Moscone, and that's why we love it, you know. And um, yeah, and I, I'd like just just another thing for you know we, we discussed beforehand about um, if there was one European player that if you were to say doesn't deserve based on the last year's performance, we talked about Jason, you know, and uh, even Alex hinted that maybe the choice was between Jason or or Fedor yeah, rather than it being between Kachi and Fedor. Uh-huh. Just announcing for next year already. Yeah. I mean, you talk about you. you talk oh, about, Jason, J- Jason's got to be a lock for me. Yeah. I mean, he's well, got to he's 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 be lock. a guarantee. You talk Guar- about Scott, even if he doesn't get in on points, he's going to get in based off of on, on a yes on the captain's pick without I a mean, doubt. We talked about we talked about on the USA side. Sky for fifty-one weeks of the year is not USA's number one for those four days. He kind of is. Jason is the the number one player in the world. Under those lights, in that team format, with everything that's that's going on in Moscone Cup and the crowd, there isn't anybody better, you know. So you might as well announce them already, because if anyone ever had any doubts about whether or not, you know, Jason Shaw should be in that Moscone team based on what he did last year, well, that's why he's in the team. And you can say that I'm biased because I'm Scottish and he's a mate of mine, but it's just it's the simple truth. I would he call you Jim. Go it's not, well. it's he not, was always going to go out there and play well. Yeah, no, back he back played. He played phenomenal. He's made for he, he's made for that stage. Yeah, yeah. For I, sure. got, I got I got a message from Alex on day three, and said Jason Shaw is just a battering ram. I said I know. I told, I've been telling you that for weeks beforehand. The guy's got to be a lock. He goes out there. He'll just just he'll he'll, he'll, he'll turn it into his own event. You know, he made one mental error in my That's opinion. It. I might be, I might be wrong, but in my opinion, his his last singles match that he played when he lost to. Um, 
to Sky. His mentality switched to, I want to win this last point and get my MVP. And he played for himself. Well, he's a showman. He, he, you know, he plays, exactly. he, he plays exactly. to all that. You know? if, the, if the score is tighter and it's not for the winning point and not for the MVP, then he wins that match against Sky as well. well. You know? Listen, he's human, well, and he still kind of stole the show on a lot of on a lot of moments. <laughs> the, way the, the, the way this guy played, the way this come on, Jim. The way this guy played, there's nobody on. There's nobody in the world that had to beat him in a race to five. I, mean, I didn't say they had to beat him. But J- Jason took on shots that he wouldn't normally have taken on. He played. He made bad. He made poor decisions based on the match situation and his own personal situation. That's just my opinion. I might be completely Maybe, wrong. But the, yeah, but I think you're right. That Sky guys the match. That, even if, even if Jason plays the perfect way, there's no reason Sky can't beat him there. The way no, Sky's playing, can't beat him. Well, I mean, listen, I think it's more respect to Sky because you know they, they were they were one point away, and you're down three to one in that match. And you Wait, said, really? "I ain't going. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not laying down just because you know we're we're already buried." So that was that part was was you know mm. incredible to me just seeing Sky out there go and do that when he when he pushed out to that jump shot and then he just spears it in, you know, yeah. like it was a. Like it was a hanger. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like it, you know, and it did put a little bit of really? fire into Jason too. Really? Landing on the yeah. landing on the three was a little bit cheesy, but you know that was. <laughs> yeah, yes, it was. But see that that but that's what Sky has. You, you see it with Sky. Once he's made his decision, he's taken on a shot. He approaches it and plays it like it's a hanger. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. approach it and play it like it's a difficult shot. He's he's made his mind up. Right, I'm going for the shot, and then he approaches it and just hits it like it's hanging over the pocket. Yeah. You know, he plays with the same. He, he doesn't. He doesn't take more strokes. He doesn't look at it a bit no. longer and get a little bit hesitant on it. He's just. I'm no, going to play that shot. He just lets his skill take over. out in their mind. They can go yeah, in their yeah. mind and they get down on it. They're committed to it, but then you can see yeah. them have doubts that just creep in. But the <laughs> guy is <laughs> like, it's like I got it. I got just it. Just hang back, boys. Just hang back. I got this. You know, yeah, what a gift. Hold my hold, hold my beer. Yeah, hold my beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, you could you almost see that with them. You know, you do. Yeah, yeah. But for me, if I'm he's having fun, is what he's doing. He's having a good time. He's enjoying himself. Brilliant. Yes. Wonderful to see. Wonderful to see. And if 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 I'm match room, if I'm match room, I'm letting Christmas happen. I'm letting New Year happen. Then I'm announcing Laley Boys and Shaw, Jeremy, uh, Shane, and Sky, and just get that out of the way, you know, and say the rest of them, right? The, the rest of the sure. yeah. Them. yeah, yeah, yeah. You might as well. We know it's all happening. We all know it's happening. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind. Like as as bad as as blasphemous as this is to say, I wouldn't mind announcing Shane absolutely last. Not not because there's any questions whether or not he's going to make the team, but just to send a message saying, you know, you're not a you're not a shoe in for every single one of these years. You're still going to have to play okay to get the spot. He is a shoe in. Oh, he's he's a shoe in. We know he's. We all know. We all know he is. Right. We all know he is. But by but by announcing him dead last, what you're saying is, you know, Shane's a real sharp guy. He's aware. You you know, like you saw that you saw that change from the day whenever he around the fall the. Or day three to day four, he was already he presented himself in a different way. So he's an aware guy, you know. Maybe not in the moment, and maybe somebody should have checked him, you know, on day three whenever he wasn't out there when Jeremy's playing David. But you saw him kind of change his tune already on day four of just getting out there in front of everyone, putting a smile on his face, like you know, cheering guys on, stuff like that. So, I mean, he's human like anyone else, and he's used to winning, you know. I, I'm. Guys like that are just used to getting being on the on the better side of things. So he's gonna have frustrations about it. But 
Um, I think he'll be able to take it and, and learn from it, you know. But I don't think you want to send that kind of message to a guy like Shane because he may be like, I'll take my, my pull cue and go fishing. Go know? somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but it's, it's, I mean, I mean, so then, all in then, all, uh, we agree exit. this was a well, great Moscone Cup. Yeah. <laughs> doubt. I do. I definitely think it is. We got uh, good time. Mike Frozen over here. The bits I can remember, the bits I can remember, I think I quite enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, Jim, is there anything that you'd like to say about all those uh, those statements where you said that I'd be sitting in a corner of my own pickle buke? Is there anything you'd like to say on air? Uh, I, I'm just asking for a friend. Well, there was no pickles. Yeah. Oh, that's. <laughs> I got a question you did, for you, you too, Jim. You you did okay. You did okay. I th I think there was a couple of times you were just sort of, you were given a drink and you just left it sitting somewhere. You didn't really drink it. But, oh, he was uh, babying it, huh? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure he dogged it a few times, but uh, no, I didn't see you in too much of a mess. No, no, you did okay. How does now? Why you got? Now why you got to say stuff like that, Jim? How, how, how does Nate end up with a woman like, like Alicia? Um, I mean, how does that even happen? He's a very patient lady. All right. <laughs> now, that got, now that we got see, class, now that we got that cleared up. See you later, <laughs> <laughs> that was All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move he on. He showed to, you his uh, boss, Rob. <laughs> Don't mess with the guy with the mute button. Ah, the darn editor again. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to uh, the, uh, I guess, what I want to talk about the most this week, I guess, which is the inaugural 2021 NBL 10 Ball Championships. And, uh, I mean, I, don't, I, I haven't talked to any of you guys about this. Uh, I'm sure you're aware of it at this point. I would have to assume so. And uh, this is going to be the new league. I've been talking about it. Uh, Ed Ladawi's joined the podcast a couple of times to talk about it. This is going to be the new attempt at a professional tour uh, in the U.S. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, it's it's almost um, – I mean, it seems like we have a lot of people that are trying to do this now. I mean, Predator has a pro tour that they're coming out with. Um, Matchroom, of course, is going to have their tour. Uh, it's not a U.S.-only tour. Uh, but it's, you know, there's at least a couple of events in the U.S. every year. And now we have the NBL adding to this. Hopefully they all stick and they're all great. Uh, but worst case scenario, hopefully one of these things stick. And based off of what I saw from this event, there's some growing pains that are happening. But this is something that I could see actually like really making a dent uh, and sticking around for a while. The, the basic idea of it is you have 32 satellite qualifiers. Uh, those are in 32. Uh, they're not 32 different states, but they're in 32 different locations around the country. I think there's like 30 states or something like that. There's a couple states that have doubles. But the idea is each each of the uh, 32 satellite locations will have a. What is going on? One second. OK, so each of the 32 locations, my headset just decided I wanted to crash. So uh, each of the 32 locations will Holy have fun. two tournaments per year with 32 players in each of them. The winner from each of them is going to go on to the national event, which will be paid for from the qualifier. So they will have their their flights, their hotel, their transportation, and all of the uh, different covering or all the different uh, expenses covered for the event. And yeah, basically, it's it's your way of getting as an amateur. It's like a, a stepping stone, I guess, to get from the amateur levels into the professional levels where you can actually mix up with some of the pros. Now, because of COVID, they were supposed to already have a couple of events done, 
But because of COVID and with different regulations in each state, uh, many of the 32 qualifiers could not actually happen. So they only ended up having uh, eight of or four of the the locations be able to come up with one and each of them sent two people. So there was eight amateurs and then they added eight pros. The pros were John Mora, Corey Duell, Frankie Hernandez, Jason Shaw, Justin Bergman, Jeremy Sosi, Oscar Dominguez, and Sean Wilkie. So the eight professionals with the eight amateurs, they all played for $25,000 in prize money. So the top six players got money out of this. And in order, that was John Moore getting first place, double dipping Corey Duell in the finals. We'll be talking a lot about him in a little bit. Frankie Hernandez gets third place. Jason Shaw gets fourth place. And then fifth, sixth goes to Justin Bergman. And the lone uh, amateur that finished in the money, uh, Joe Dupree. So we beat Jason, I think, in the winner's side. Michael, send it over to you first. I, I would like to assume that you watched a little bit of this. What did you think of not only the the event itself, but the way it was presented? I watched a little bit of it, and um, it was the way it was presented was a little cheesy for me. You know, format wise, I'm not quite sure what they were playing. I think it might have been ref rack and 10 ball, which I'm having know. problems with my headset. One second. Oh. If you're trying to talk can, to me. Can you guys hear me, Rob and Jim? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. There we go. Um, We're good. Yeah. I don't know if it was ref rack and 10 ball. I, I, I think that's what it was. It was, yes. but, it was, temp yeah. it was template ref, uh, rack. So it was racked by the referee's template, and it had to be racked the same exact way. So in order, it goes the one on top, two, three, four, ten, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So it had to be in order that time, that That's way, weird. every single time. Uh, well, the idea of it, and you have to break from the center, the second diamond down, and the second diamond over. So a two by two, right in the exact center of the table. And the idea. So all of that the guys is are breaking from the same spot. The exact same spot, and the and idea not just, make is, a big, not just make a big dent on the break area. Yeah. Well, they, they put a spot <laughs> down. They put it. They put a. They put a spot down. So the idea with that is it's 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 a bit of a handicap for the amateurs, right? Because you're taking away the knowledge of the professional pool player, right? The the, the pros know how to adjust their break to make it work. The amateurs don't always know how to do that. So the idea is if you're breaking, if everybody's breaking with the same exact rack from the same exact spot, you're taking. You don't away think they'll the, figure that out though? I mean, they're pros. <laughs> Like you don't think they're gonna crack that code? Of course they will, but uh, of course yeah. they will. But the but the idea is you're starting everybody from the same exact starting spot, so the amateurs can try to figure it out too. But uh, the the years and years of knowledge that the pros have is a little bit neutralized by this, and it gives the amateurs a little bit of a better chance of competing against them. That's the idea behind well, it. I guess like the premise I like of pros and amateurs, <laughs> but if they're playing even. Like, yeah, you'll have maybe a Cinderella like with Joe Dupuy, but, I mean, Nate, you had a it. chance I mean, to go some, to this, some, right? Some of these guys aren't going to go and, and stand a right. chance playing yeah. 10 ball with some of these monsters, you know? So, um, I mean, that's just that's just the reality of it. Like, a gym can go and, and you know, maybe crack some skulls, but, he's, I don't, you know, he'll be up against it trying to get to the finals, you know? But that's the idea. Is, that's why everything's free, right? So you get a free $1,000 yeah. entry fee. You get a free flight. You get a free hotel you get free jerseys you get free food well yeah you're but there. you're still paying in the sense that like you're paid to enter that qualifying tournament and then you're holding yes. your but you're not you're not getting compensated at that time you're basically holding it off until the end of whenever till they have mm -hmm. that the national championship so it's like you're hoping you snap it off and then you got to go and parlay it into hoping you go deep in the other one i don't know it's it, it there's plus and minuses i suppose um the some of the things that were that were there, like 
dancing and all that seemed a little gimmicky for me. Seemed a little cheesy. Nate, um, didn't you play in a qualifier for this? Yeah, you I hosted one, one didn't you? Yeah, I hosted the Wisconsin <laughs> one of them. So um, I I chose to forfeit out of my event uh, to a player that I thought had a better chance of. The, the player that I ended up forfeiting out to was uh, he's a young player from Wisconsin that uh, has a lot of promise and takes his career very, very, very seriously. And I don't take my. But what is that? Hold on a second. What does that mean? So. You forfeited like you won it and then you just gave your spot to someone you thought can go and, and go deeper than you. Is that is that yes, essentially what it is? I did not win a match that I won. Oh, wait I, a minute. I, I, I pulled out of the tournament before at Hill Hill. It, that's that's neither here nor there. Let's, let's just move on. <laughs> well, the other side of it is I know a lot of these pro players who did end up playing all got invites. So it seems a little like, you know, it, how did they come up with the with, you know, inviting these players, you know, aside from, hey, I know you. Let's see if you want so to come over. Yes. So and, the way the the way the BCA considers it, if you're above 720 Fargo, you're considered a professional player. So if you're right. above 720, you cannot play in the BCA national event. Ed uh, Ladawi has decided to adopt that model and basically say if you're above 720, right? You no, are that part a pro I remember. And you cannot you cannot enter into this tournament as an amateur to try to qualify, but you will get an invite to the national event. So you can buy your way into the national event, which is a thousand dollars. Yeah, but like, how did they get a chance to be one of the eight? I guess is my question, because well, it just for, seemed like for this one, it's an invite only. Because yeah, only, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the future, yeah. there's going to be sixty four. I know that Ed actually had a little bit of an issue filling out the pros because uh, there was a, several people that you know, being so close to the Moscone Cup, there, there was a couple players that couldn't play because of that. And then I know right. is, Earl Strick. Does this, does this mean that some some players will be invited to multiple events and given more chances to qualify for the? No, because I think the pros still the have pros to go have play to on the yeah. All they got to do is pay a thousand, and then yeah, they'll be part of the it, you know they'll be part of the Correct. thirty-two if if they want to be is my understanding. But this yes. one was a little different because it wasn't it wasn't thirty-two amateurs and thirty-two pros. It was just eight and eight, and we're just going to go and invite the eight only, or I guess the well, first eight that want to go, the first eight the that want to go and say the yes. The national events, the national events are going to be sixty-four <clears throat> pros and sixty-four amateurs, so it'd be sixty-four pros. Yeah. Or that's what he's that's what he's hoping for. Yeah, I wow. think you'll get it. Look, anything else you'll get it if the money's there. Yeah, I know he said well, a lot of speed case, bumps think... because it like he was ready to go and launch and then COVID hit. So I mean, yeah, you know, kudos to Ed for still yeah. going and and battling on and persevering and and putting on you know something at the end of the year. It ended up being pretty nice. You know, I saw the last the last day more than anything else. And um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's got its plus and minuses. Well, the goal of this is to have a two hundred thousand dollar prize purse, uh, four times a year is what he's hoping to do. Whoa! Uh, and so four times each, a year. Whoa! Each quarter. I know, like I had seen even. I mean, and you can call it maybe because of of COVID or whatever. But there were times whenever I saw guys trying to go and put on qualifiers that they were struggling to go and and fill up, like yeah. you know, and it's, so it's they got to do a better have, job yeah. there. It's hard to have the tr – so the idea – so this is going to be a huge pitfall for what he's doing is uh, you basically have 32 satellite locations that one person is running. Now, I was able to fill both of mine with 32 players, no problem, but I also – I mean, if I say I'm going to do something, generally speaking, I do my best to actually do it. Uh, you're going to have to find 32 locations with 32 tournament director 
directors that have enough initiative to work their butts off to try to get these things filled. And if you can't find, you know, the successes and failures or of this is going to be 32 guys to go and sell find... them on Ed's idea. Like that's going to be the hard Correct. part is yes, to yeah. sell them yep. because pool players in general are just going to be skeptical, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the pool players are like the best <clears throat> group of people in the world that's shooting themselves right, right. in the foot. Right. Yeah. We all know yeah. that, uh, you know, Matchroom is doing more for pool than anybody else in the entire world in the last 20 years by a factor of infinity. And people are still saying, that matchroom is dumb and we should boycott them and team USA should pull out because they didn't let Ed play because the, the UK government is telling him that he has to quarantine. And you still have people that are saying that we should just pull out of all matchroom events. That's the dumbest thing. That, yeah. I mean, it's a big fix. It's a conspiracy just to make sure the referees are European. The oh. commentators are European. We didn't let Errol play. <laughs> It's all just so we can win because our players are worse than your players, so, and we're, we're scared that we might lose. <laughs> you want to you want to hear what I, you want to hear one of the things that I actually just wait, somebody? Jim. Just wait because uh, I wait. Listen, I, I bet on Team Europe, but you just wait if let's say we go and get you know let 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 us go and get some like mid eight hundreds in there to go up against your ass, and then we'll see what's going get on. Get listen, you're, hey, from them. what I heard of that of that podcast yesterday, your wish may come true, my man. And and go y'all's uh y'all's free roll every year. Maybe uh you know cut in half if if let's say there's some uh some other guys invited to that dance, man. Yeah, I'm just saying. Get, well, the best the saying. best get the, the best go and get themselves some good dancing shoes then and uh, yeah. learn some steps because <laughs> you're you're you not got many that are pushing eight hundred at the moment. Yeah, I'm just saying we're gonna well, we're, we're gonna see. <laughs> I, I went for that day. I hope. So. I actually had I actually had somebody tell me straight up that Earl Strickland showed up because Earl Strickland was there when they found out that somebody on his uh, flight got COVID, tested positive for COVID. I actually had somebody tell me that they have an inside source that said that when Earl Strickland showed up and he started practicing on the practice table, Matchroom saw how good he was playing and knew that they couldn't let him play because he would end up destroying Europe and it would it would it would just end up oh, ruining good. the entire event because of how good Earl Strickland was playing. So people at Matchroom decided that they had to. Uh, do something about that. And they made up this entire thing where they got the government involved. And the oh, government right. said, oh, my God. Oh, okay. We have to make oh. sure that it doesn't play so we can we can maintain the sanctity of our European culture. Yeah. We have to ma- so they got the government Was there any talk of sure lasers that in that conversation at all? I actually – You know the funniest part, Nate, is that you'll that. still have people say, yep, Nate's right. Absolutely, for that's sure. What happens. No doubt. Don't say Nate is right. Get no, no, that's what they're saying right now. That's what they're saying right now. They're like, yep, oh, yeah. Nate, yeah, yep. Yeah, that's, that's so funny. absolutely that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, they're, and yeah. at the same time, they're on, another, they're, they're on another comment for a thread talking about how the, the, the world is flat and the Illuminati exists yeah. and, uh, you and know, Rothschilds yeah. are taking over the world. There's, yeah. there's little robots in the vaccines that we're all getting. <laughs> hey, but hold on a minute. Let's go back to this NBL thing. So John Moore ends yeah, up winning yeah. a ten ball event, right? So that's pretty good. Yeah, so, what a guy! Pretty good for a guy that just started so playing left-handed three years ago. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing, what a talent! Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I how can you even do that? Play right-handed your whole life and then switch the left? Well, maybe he's always been left-handed. He just didn't know. Well, I'll tell you Maybe. what, he's left eye dominant. <laughs> he is left eye dominant. It'll be a lot easier for him to get onto his shots. So, I mean, I, oh, that's I nonsense. Left eye dominance nonsense. When it's about which hand you're using, it's about alignment. 
I, I hear this all the time. Well, well, if you're left-hand dominant, you should be playing left-handed. If you're right-hand dominant, you should be playing. No, uh, no, no, it's no, no, rubbish. I, I, I'm not saying. Rubbish. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it is hard. What I'm saying is it, it is harder to get into your shots this way, right? So if you're left, if you're need... left-eye dominant and a right-handed player, it is a little harder to get into your into shot. your shot. Is that like a moderator for the moderator around here right now? What are you talking about? How do you get into a shot? Have you seen some some players have got the cue coming along here? Some players have got the cue coming along here. It doesn't matter. They're both right-handed. I mean, okay. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, moving on. So I guess moving on. (laughs) Mike, do you have any more thoughts on the? I guess what you watch for the NBL or the? the, No, I mean people were talking about Corey's. Corey breaking with the bridge was kind of interesting, but we saw Corey do that at the World Ten Ball. You know, he's always looking to. Corey does you know, weird try. things. Yeah. yeah, he's an innovative guy. You know, yeah. and likes to think outside the box. And um, you know, he's not known to have the most square or powerful ten ball break. So if that helps him, you know, go and get there by all means. And it got him to the finals and you know winning the hot seat. So he must be doing something right for everyone that wants to go and and laugh at him. You know about it, but um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I watched some of the Facebook feeds, but I think they also had some other online stuff as well. Um, I know John was down early in that match, came back and, and won, and then I guess he won the second set. But, um, yeah, he's a phenomenal player. You know, I, I like I wouldn't put him above Jason in 10 ball, you know, still, but it's a great event, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, John Moore lost his first match to uh, Frankie Hernandez 7-5. to five. And then goes on to tear and wins one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight heater, matches huh? in a row. Nice. One, eight matches in That's a row. That's awesome. That's strong. Including, including beating uh, Oscar Dominguez, uh, Joe Dupree, uh, Jason Shaw, Frankie Hernandez, and then double dipping Corey Duell. Wow. Pretty decent run. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. He I earned it. The what what was the first that... place? Caught a gear. Sorry, Jim. First place was $10,000. Second place nice. was seven thousand dollars. Third place. Not bad for was, sixteen man event, is it? No, it's not bad at all, is it? Um, nice. I think third place was four thousand dollars, and then it went two thousand dollars, and then uh, one thousand for fifth six. So yeah. for sixteen players, ten thousand dollars for first place. Yeah. Almost fifty percent again. It's all right. And that's and that's because of the. Uh, I mean, that's because of the the feeder system that they they have implemented. Right. I mean, you can't do that with just entry fees. I mean, there's only. No. I mean, technically, right. they only took in eight thousand dollars in entry fees, and they paid out twenty five thousand. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's the it's the feeder it's the feeder system that's going to make the success of this. And I, I think you're going to have a lot of people, you know, push back to the idea: well, why sh- why should I pay an entry fee that eventually is going to go to some professional player? And I mean, that's that's a real argument. But at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, if you don't, and we continue having the I guess the desert of professional events and tours that we have right now. And of course, Matchroom is doing amazing things. Predator is doing amazing things. Well, I mean, the pro side of things seems to be, seems to be doing, or at least has a lot of bright on the horizon, you know, like there's a lot of stuff coming up. Matchroom is going to continue to be announcing things. Stuff here in the States is blowing up. You know, the first few months of the year is just going to be wild. Like it was the last few months, you know, and then on the amateur side of things, I don't know how many, Everywhere I look, it's a handicapped here, Fargo rated it there. Yeah, that's, so, that's I mean, what I was going to say. They seem to this be – I think they can all live in harmony, you know? Well, this yeah. is – see, this is the biggest problem that I have, and I think this is the biggest uh, detriment that the U.S. has currently, is there is there is a giant desert between basically a 600 Fargo and a 700 and, let's say, 20 Fargo. 
currently, and, and I'm only talking for Wisconsin here, Mike, maybe you can, uh, you can fill in for what it's like in Texas area, but for right now in Wisconsin, like the events that I can play in, I can play in an event, maybe every six or seven weeks, I'll have uh, an event that I can play in. Everything else is 550 and under four. 80 and under 600 and under whatever it is there's nothing for a 670 and under like there's the, and, and there's almost no open tournaments because uh, I, I this is my this is my uh i guess idea as to why it is when you only when you're only allowing players like uh, me to play once every six or seven weeks it's like you you have to be in the habit of playing in events. I mean, you have to you have to actively be looking for them. I'll I'll miss an events every now and then just because I'm I'm not even looking for them because I don't even know that they exist. So the idea that uh, you know if you get one event every six or seven weeks and it just doesn't work with your schedule, maybe you have to work and you can't get out of work, or maybe you have something with your children, or maybe you know maybe you have a family gathering, whatever it is. If you only get once every six or seven weeks and you miss let's say two of those things in a row, you're not competing for four months, you know, three to four months and in in the U.S., at least in Wisconsin, there is absolutely nothing that exists that would motivate somebody to play from Fargo 600 to 720. There's just nothing that exists that says, I want to keep getting better. Unless you're internally motivated, there is nothing that exists right now that's going to help get you to the next level, which is then the Then put on an level. event yourself. I don't know. I don't like hearing that kind of, you know. Why there's nothing for me? Well, then go make something for uh, yourself. I'm, you I'm not like, arguing. I'm not arguing that part of it. But like, uh, I, there are definitely people that can do it. What I'm saying is, yeah. in, in Europe, in Europe, this exists, and it, it doesn't surprise me at all that they have. The, you have the Euro Tour, Jim. You have the Euro Tour. You have you have national, yeah, you have still, national but, tournaments. Yeah, you've got the Euro Tour, but you're still as a six hundred, as a six fifty, seven hundred Fargo. You're still going to have to play against these guys, and you're going to have to battle against them and get better. It's exactly the same. Just because you're below seven twenty, just below because you're below seven twenty, doesn't mean you say you can't enter all the events. You're going to spend a lot of time getting your ass kicked. But if you want to get no better, you're going to improve. You know? Yeah. What I'm saying is, there's no. Tell them, Jim. Tell them. No say it again. Event. I'm just saying there's no local events that exist in my state. Maybe there are in Texas. I don't know, but they don't exist. Like, if I want to well, jump I mean, on a plane and go to Florida, sure. Events and yeah, okay. If I want to go, if I want to go a Euro tour, if I want to go a Euro tour, I've got to jump on a plane and go to Italy. Yeah, but so you also have can't you what's walk to Italy? I mean, isn't it close enough? Yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah, hop, skip, and a jump. I'm there, no problem. You know? I, I, I'm just saying that the, the the option theoretically is there, and there really isn't a lot in in the U.S. That's the NBL is going to be different, right? Because Listen, it, there's it, a lot of guys up. who there's a lot of guys who were like right there on the cusp of being a great pro player or a great American player who are still working their ass off in that Fargo range to kind of be a great player. You know, one that comes to mind is like Justin Martin, you know, where that kid's just going from event to event to event to event, and you saw his progression over three months. The guy almost ends up beating Albin at the International, and oh, by the way, Albin ended up snapping off the whole event, you know. So, but you saw his – but he paid a lot of dues in those, you know, in those few months and lost yeah. a lot of matches, lost a lot of money, whatever he's it investing, is. He, he's investing in his future. He's looking absolutely. at the long term. Yeah, he's looking for at the sure. long term, not the short term. And that's yeah. the problem. The players that you see, to be like, there's too many players that want the short term stuff. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying Nate is, but I'm just saying like in general, don't complain about the way things are. Like just plug away, you know, either that or, you know, go play some hole in the wall bar or go, you know, line up action, figure something out. You know, but no, going and saying there's nothing not. for me. Because you ain't well, going to get you. You ain't. You, these players are not going to get better 
if they're just playing in handicap tournaments, you're 685 going, you're just for playing sure. in a handicap tournament, you ain't going to get better because you don't want to get better. They want to stay at 680 yeah. so they can keep playing in these Fargo tournaments. Well, I see that well, from I'll pros be... all the time now, too, because especially in Americans, they're like, well, there used to be a lot of bar table events I used to be able to go to. Well, now they can't go and rob them because now they're going in and in, in Fargo events, you know, or they yeah. won't go and let them play at all. You know, yeah. but those room owners got to go and, and keep their customers and business afloat. You know, they're not there to go well, and cater to top pros. If you want to be a top pro, go play in top pro events. There's plenty of them right now. Exactly. You know? I'll, I'll say this. The reason this podcast exists is because I didn't go and do what you said, Mike, because <laughs> I got frustrated with the idea of trying to chase down a tournament where I'm, you know, where I'm getting in a car and driving for three hours yeah. to get in, to get to the only open event that exists. The reason that this podcast exists because I got sick of doing that. And I just know for sure. I still love and the and game. I'm, I'm talking more and like I, in, not... <laughs> in general, you know, like as opposed to yeah. like directly towards you. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but what I'm saying is <laughs> I've talked to people around my my uh, my skill level. And, you know, Rob, Rob can talk for this. Rob was, you know, he's not quite, he's a little lower now there. He's like a 640, 650 Fargo, but he was, you know, they just don't exist. And the the idea is I could, I could, you're right. I could put my head down, stop my whining and just go and, you know, jump in a car for four hours and go down to Chicago or go down to, you know, Indianapolis or drive up to the, you know, uh, Minneapolis or something like that. I could do that. The point is, is it didn't work for me. I couldn't do it. Like I, there's plenty of great players who work full-time jobs. And then there's plenty of, of you know we're not plenty but there's a few of like one percent of one percent elite players who you don't see the amount of time they actually go and put into and all the sacrifice and things they go and give up to be at the level that they're at you know and there's other guys like i said who just who stay in their lane you know i'll work and then i'll end up you know every few months going and playing something or you know going and there's plenty of like guys you don't hear of all the time and all of a sudden they just show up and can cause a stir at a pro event you know, like Jason Brown, whenever he goes and plays one pocket somewhere, you know, you won't see the guy for a year. He'll show up to the biggest event. Justin and Hall. all of a sudden, it, Justin yeah. Justin Hall, yeah. Justin Hall, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's plenty of guys that are like that, you know? Yeah. I'm just saying, like this, this, if the NBL event works out and it, and it becomes what uh, Ed envisions it to become, I think that this is a perfect feeder system into a real professional tour, not only for the NBL, but for the Predator event, if it's still, or the Predator tour, if it's still around. And and matchroom events, I think it's if you well, look. Across, it won't be a, it won't be a feeding into matchroom if they're going to stick with ten ball, you know. No, they, no, they they, they yeah. rotate, they rotate. So the, yeah. the reason why there's four of them are years. One's going to be <clears> ten ball, one's going to be nine ball, one's going to be eight ball, and then you rotate back through. So there's every every year okay. we'll have one event and one. No, that's going to that's going to be the issue. I mean, if these if these yeah. big organizations don't communicate with each other and work together, let's say all three of them are successful. You've got to imagine matchroom is going to be successful. They know what they're doing. They're going to be Matching successful. Going nowhere. Yeah, the EBL. Okay, it's 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 a, it's a child phase at the moment. Hopefully, it's a success. The Predator as well. You know, you would expect the Predator with the backing that they've got and stuff like that. You'd expect that they'll make it a success out of theirs. Do you end up then with three different rankings? Because Matchroom are going to have their own ranking, and they're going to use that for their own events, which will include the Muscogee Cup, which will include it. Will they take into account a ranking that the Predator uh, tour? Comes in. Well, they turn around and say, well, no, we've got our own ranking. We don't need your ranking. We've done enough events. Like Mike said, I mean, if they're going to switch between 10 ball and 9 ball, do Matchroom ignore their rankings? Or do they, every second year, they look at the 9 ball ranking and take one person from that ranking? How do they do it? These, it's, very, it's not, I mean, as much as I want them all to be successful, it doesn't really achieve much by having three separate rankings. 
Well, well I mean, but, I but Matchroom, Matchroom is like not just talking about. It. They're saying, "Listen, we're we're going to go and expand our portfolio, you know. So we're going to go and add more events on. We're going to go and, and include more <laughs> open events to be to be included in that, you know. If nobody, I mean, people want to jump on board, I'd imagine they would love to because then you'll have people from all over the world going. I mean, the top players from all over the world going and and playing in their events, you know." And I think at the end of the day, like the NBL event, uh, there are no rankings for it. You don't need to have, I mean, you you could theoretically have one if you wanted to, but there's there's nothing in there that needs a ranking system, right? Because if you're above 720, you're considered a pro. And if you're considered a pro, you can buy your way into the national event. There's, there's no like... A professional tour always has a ranking. You, They are inviting a certain number of players every year. They have to choose those players based on a ranking, surely. No, no, no. If you're above 720... You can buy your way into the national event. That's it. If you're below 720, you need to qualify your way into it by using one of the satellite qualifiers. There well, is I, can no, contact, I can contact them now and say I want to be in, your, in, in the main event. You have to live in the U.S. for the NBL. So you actually have to have a residential home in the USA, which is why John Mora can play, which is why uh, Jason Shaw can play, which is why was there anybody else in here that wasn't American? Well, Appleton will get any still get his green card, I guess. So I don't know. Yeah. No, Appleton can't because he does not own a home in the U.S. anymore. He sold his house in uh, Pennsylvania. So he, but Thorsten could, Meek Eminen could, but okay. uh, you actually have. Yeah, to then, you know, the then, then you know, then you're okay because I, I'm thinking if you, if anyone over seven twenty wants to enter this from Europe or whatever, you don't have enough spots to just give away everybody that's over yeah, seven twenty. Yeah, no, you don't it's have all, those it, spots. You would have to have a ranking to choose which ones get in. This is a this is a U.S. only tour. It's okay. the way that the way that he's doing it currently. So. Um, yeah, that, so that's the idea with that is like, there is, there is no need for rankings. I mean, you could, you could do rankings if you wanted to say like, well, what's the point of that uh, though? Why not just open it up to any, any players on earth? They're, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to be feeding Moscone cup. So what difference does that make? Yeah. Just let everybody play. Well, yeah. yeah. I would, the idea that Ed Ladawi has is that he wants to make an American tour because there is no American tour that exists, at least when he was, uh, you know, having the brainchild for this. That's fine. You nothing. don't have to segregate it to 720. Why? Where, where does, I mean, yeah. you don't have to, that's what, you don't these, have to differentiate between pro and amateur. So if you got players from all over the world in that area, then you're going to go and say, no, don't come play over here. If you have, like, a, that's, if you have a that's crazy to me. I, I don't, I don't understand you, that, that logic have, at all. If, if you have a house in the U.S., you can play in it. I'm just, I'm just telling you what it is. And no, I know, so, I know, but I didn't know, I didn't realize it was, and it was like Jim, that. Jim, you that, have that. to have, you have to have a separation between the amateurs and the professionals because the professionals can buy their way in. The amateurs cannot. That's why that, that's why the cutoff exists. And the BCA decides what's the BCA decided what is considered professional and what is considered amateur, and that's the cutoff at 720. So he just. He's just using the BCA's definition of a professional versus an amateur. So what you then have is you have a direct entry for the professionals and the amateurs have to qualify. Correct. The The only I way the amateurs can play is by uh, is by qualifying. That's the only way the amateurs can get in. Okay. But then, so if you're on 719 and then all of a sudden your Fargo jumps to 720, you can just quickly buy your spot in the thing. And then yep. maybe, it, maybe it by the time the event comes around, it's dropped down to 715 or whatever. Okay. I always knew you were a sandbagger. So you, so ba so basically, you can just turn around and say, "Oh, I'm on seven nineteen. I don't want to qualify. I'll just play a quick Salato game against somebody, let them sandbag, jump me one point, and then I can just buy my direct entry." 
Yep, you could buy it. You you could put in a thousand dollars to the tournament. And <laughs> hey, try to get so, hey, Solato's going to get a hell of a lot of uh, action from seven eighteen seven nineteen. Well, think about it, Jim. Even if you're a seven twenty, I mean, you're basically an amateur player, right? Yeah, but you're I not. Mean, you're, you're not stealing the direct entry. You're getting direct attention to the big show. No, you're not getting direct no, entry. You still have to but pay. Hold $1, on a second, because yes, but you're there's a lot of guys who are in that range. There's a lot of guys who are in that range that would rather be below. Go and rob exactly. an amateur because event at 719 okay. because now they're Correct. in it at a lot less money. Okay, you, know you have I mean? and, and, and yeah. they like their chances of then you have that real. happening as well. Then you have that yeah. happening as well. I don't want to pay the I don't want to pay the thousand. I know who I'm going to be playing against in my qualifier, so I'll just drop down to 719. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that's yeah. you. Ha uh, no matter where you put the draw, the, no matter where you draw the line, there's going to be that option. But the idea is, if if you want to go up to the seven, I mean, you're going to have the option if you want the guaranteed spot. As a seven twenty Fargo, you're gonna to have to be playing against Corey Duell and John Mora and Jason Shaw and so they're gonna give this thing a swing again next year. Sky. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, uh I I I Ed has had no communications with me saying that he's pulling the plug. So um I mean they're they're constantly well, looking at the good tournament. The plug only just started it, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's gonna everything's gonna have some teething problems. COVID didn't help. But you know, yeah. As, as, long, as long as you look at the, as long as you look at the first couple of events and, and you know you listen to people around you, you no, take also some, I, I know it's put a lot of work. negative criticism and you, and you work with it and you and you try yeah. and create something. Then then all uh, yeah, all success to them. You know the USA they need that they need something, they need a proper um they, they need a proper. I don't think that's the answer for like you know a prof uh, proper professional tour. I think it's a great not, event. It start, you know, maybe a start. Yeah. You know? Well, they have to I'll have something. This. It's better than I'll nothing, say, you know. And I'll say this: if, if let's let's just let's just create a hypothetical situation where five years down the line, uh, would you rather have four events a year that each pay out two hundred thousand dollars, or would you rather have? I don't want to pick on anything, so I'm just I'm just gonna say uh, the X the Sportscraft Pool Q Tour of the Northeast. Don't do that. Come on, like grow that. pair, grow pair, Nate. Come on. Put somebody on blast. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, the idea is what we have right now is not really sustainable, right? We have nothing that's actually out there that's actually a professional tour that people are living off of. Four events a year at $200,000 a pop where first prize is, let's say, forty dollars or $50,000, whatever it is. That's Do you think that's sustainable, to though, pros? to go and say you're going to go and ask amateurs to go and basically, you know, bankroll that type of event over and over that's and over again? Well, as me personally, as like I said, a 670 yeah. Fargo that has nothing available to them, I now have eight events on the calendar every single year that I can point to saying I'm playing every single one of those eight events. So I go from having maybe five events a year that I can play in to a minimum of eight plus any others that I add to the calendar besides that. For somebody who's a 670 Fargo, do I think I'm going to be Jason Shaw? Hell no. But I know that the player from my area, Duncan Kaufman, who plays about the same speed that I do, beat Sean Wilkie in the second round of the B-side and made his way into uh, one match out of the uh, the finals and actually had Jason Shaw down 5-4. to four. He ended up losing 7-5, to five, but he had Jason Shaw down 5-4, to four, and he's a player that plays about my I was going to ask you about Duncan. The idea yeah. is, like, he, he could, you know, it, do I like my chances against a professional player at a race to seven? No. Do I like taking a stab at it? Hell yeah, I do. Absolutely. I, I don't, nobody has to beat me in a race to seven. Look at, look at him. Look at him. There's a lot that are going to, but look, the idea is just, I, I just love have a look at, Just have a look at the U.S. Open and how many hackers paid the entry fee to play the U.S. Open. 
And yeah. a couple that a couple of them got the dream draw they wanted to. You know, you've got McGee who gets to play Jason. Uh, gets to play uh, Jason. Was it on the? No, or Philip. Judd Trump. Judd Trump, wasn't it? Oh yeah, McGee got to play Judd Trump on the TV yeah. table at the US Open. That's worth your entry fee straight away. <laughs> you know, so a big chunk of your entry fee is just the op- the opportunity that you might get to play against one of these guys. I ain't going to win a US Open, but if somebody turned around to me and said, "Hey, thousand dollars, and your draw is Errol Strickland on the TV t- table in the first round," I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. Absolutely. Yeah, of, course. of course. You know? Yeah, why not? So to answer the question uh, in the comments, the Craig Bauer, uh, if you're above 720, you cannot play in the qualifiers. So, no. But um, I'm, Craig, day, I'm Craig, you have to live in the USA, so you're out of that because you live in South Africa. So <laughs> Yeah, bummer. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's uh, – I love the idea of – you know, I'm going to – if I – eight events every single year, I'd play in every single one of them. Now – how many? How well, many? You better have your name on there, then, Nate. Well, I I, I played in it. The you first better, one I did not. The you better practice. Not, well, I'll tell you what. I I don't have a reason to practice right now because there's I have one event on my calendar that I can play in right now, and it's February sixth. So that's the next event that I know of that I can play in. That's you know, I'm playing in it. It's the Predator. Uh, it's the pro event at uh, in Wisconsin Dells for the Predator Tour. That's going to be in Wisconsin. I'm playing in that. But it's not until February sixth, you know. That's that's the next event that I get to play in. That uh, I, that I at least know of that I'm able to play in. So, if I had eight of these events every single year, plus sprinkle in a couple of Predator tours, you know, plus the the average off state title in the Masters division, or you know, just the average open division, you know, uh, open tournament that I can play in in Beloit, Wisconsin, or something like that. I love the idea of having eight more events I can play in every year. That might even be motivation for me to practice and play like I used to, where I was playing six or seven days a week. And you know, an hour or two a day, I would love the idea of that. Well, time to screw it together, buddy. <laughs> Put in some table time. There you go. There it is. I, 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 I am going to be playing quite a bit uh, leading up to the uh, the the uh, the Predator event in Wisconsin because I, you know, I'm going to play in it. So if I have motivation to play, if I have a reason to play, usually I'll practice. But I, 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 I'm not internally motivated as a player enough to just practice with nothing on the calendar for no reason. Like I just can't do that. If I had a table at home, like Jim does, maybe I could do that, but I don't have one at home and I actually have to jump in my car and drive 15 minutes, which isn't that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal, but you know, to get out of your car or, you know, to get out of your, uh, your sweet sweatpants that you're wearing all day long and, you know, jump in a car and go practice for two hours. It's a lot harder to do that, I guess, when you're not internally motivated and I'm not. So, but if I had eight events a year and I have them on my calendar, hell yeah, I'd want to play a lot more. Right. Just my thought. I don't know. I love the idea of it. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for Ed and what he's doing with his, uh, his tour. I want to support him any way that I can. And um, I like the idea of it. I mean, I like the idea of a $200,000 event for the top pros. I hope they get it all Really? Five you know, to four, huh? Good for him. At the end of the day, any, anybody that goes out there and puts themselves on the line and puts the work in and tries to get something like this done and tries to do something positive, as many people as possible need to get behind him. And um, for sure. know, I, hope he's got, I hope he's got the right people around him. Uh, he'll need that. need the right people around him. He needs to listen to the correct kind of people and ignore the ones he needs sure. to ignore, I guess. And, um, a little luck never hurt him. Like, like anyone else who's, like I said, who's prepared to put the time in and the effort in to try and bring something positive, I wish him all the best. I'd play if I was there. I might just buy a house over there so as I can play. I'll, I'll put a cardboard <laughs> box in my backyard for you, Jim. 
Kyle says he'll sponsor you, Nate. Uh, I mean, it's not a, it's not a matter of me not being able to afford an entry fee. Like I can afford the entry fees. The problem is that there's nowhere for me to throw my money. You're saying there's an open no fee tournament coming up, Calcutta only. I don't know what that means. What what is coming up mean? Is I, I don't know. What 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 tournament? Are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, when when I find it when I find a tournament that's that I can play in, that's you know, I don't even care if it's handicapped. Like I'll give I'll give games to somebody. I just want to be able to play. And handicapped tournaments are for losers. Well, <laughs> when beggars can't be choosers, Jim. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, I'm just saying. Point out the tournaments I can play in, and I'll probably go play in them. But the, but with this with this tour. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe there'll be something that I can play in. We'll see. So, we'll see. Yeah. At the end of the day, I love the idea, and if if you know if it works out to where he's able to do four events a year, two hundred thousand dollar prize purse. When was the last time anyone's ever seen that in the in the pool? Uh, that's a lot of work to do, but yeah. No, wish him all the best for sure, mm-hmm. and I hope I hope it is going to take off. That's only Matchroom that's doing that, and uh, they have a two hundred fifty six. Uh, you know the U.S. Open. Is three hundred thousand dollar prize purses? I think is what they had. Is that right, Jim? Mike? You can expect that to increase. I think. Yeah. I think everything's going to be going up. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. I, I think the horizon looks good for all the people that that are negative. I really, I really believe it. I think the for for all those pros are coming. For all those pros and those experts who say there's no money in the game, have a look in about five years' time and see how much money can be won over a year cycle. Uh, on the way up. There's going to be plenty of money around. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I see it locally. Yeah, yeah. Right now, if uh, if like the top pros, if they're making two hundred thousand dollars a year, they're that that's like really, 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 really good. It wouldn't surprise me a bit if the mid uh, the mid level pro players are making that. Like you know, uh, not to throw anybody under the bus, but like a John Mora who won this tournament, right? John's not a top top pro, but he's you know he's a he's a good middle level pro. Wouldn't surprise me a bit if he was making two hundred k in five years. With what's coming down the pike, I hope so. There's going to be listen. The more events there are, the more chance you've got to win in one. As soon as you snap one off, then you're getting paid a lot of money, and as simple as that, you know. And uh, you know what what we've been missing is you know players players over the, the the last years or so. Top ten finishes aren't enough to keep you to keep you going for an entire year, but it will be. You know, you'll yeah. be talking about you know you, if you can get if you can get yourself deep in tournaments, you'll be earning your money back. You won't be having to get quarterfinals of tournaments just to to pay off the expenses it took you to get there, which is the way it kind of has been the last years. You know, yeah. just to get your money back from what you've paid out to to to, to travel, you need a quarterfinal just to break even. That's not going to be the case in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, now we'll find out who's good. Now we'll find out which of the pros can't handle money. Find out which ones are still going to be broke with it. <laughs> Well, we know of some that we we know of some that managed that when there was millions up for grabs. So, yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, I guess the last thing that uh, I wanted to discuss was uh, the Predator One Sport because I don't know. I think it's an interesting, interesting thing, and and kind of. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have asked me um, why I haven't done virtual events in the last year. Well. They they worked their butt off and barely got it filled. I mean, Jim, you had to pull out at the last second because of COVID, but uh, you only got your entry. I mean, I I reached out to you basically saying, "Hey, they need a couple of people. Uh, you want to play in this?" Like what? Two days before you had to pull out because of COVID. I yeah. Mean, they were looking. 
they were looking for people up until like three days before this event actually started. I mean, that's the pro, the top pros just do not want to play in virtual events. And I mean, if you look at the players that were playing in that, some of those uh, top players I've never even heard of. I mean, and then they, look, look, looking back at it on, on, on my, my, my part of the draw as well, the scores that were getting you through into the semifinals, finals. <laughs> yeah. Had a chance, right? I don't, I don't. I don't mean any offense to the to the guys that were playing, but wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty, pretty poor, to be honest. Yeah. But all in all, I did. If, you, if, you, if you're playing ten racks of ten ball and you're only making forty-one balls and still getting through, yeah, <laughs> great. So all in all, uh, I watched quite a bit of it. It was it was very entertaining. I mean, the, the it was it's great. I mean, a lot of the matches came down to. I mean, you couldn't have had a better final. Uh, the final had. Uh, Jose Delgado, Aloysius Yap, Francisco Sanchez Ruiz, and Jonas Soto. And uh, going into the last rack, all four of the players could have won. Could win it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty interesting. That's pretty uh, Jose Del- yeah, Jose Delgado ends up winning it. Uh, great player from uh, Spain. And uh, Aloysius Yap gets second place. Francisco Sanchez Ruiz gets third. And uh, Jonas Soto gets uh, fourth. What is going on with your camera, Mike? Oh, now you're good. Right when you looked up, it worked. Okay, I don't know. Uh, so, congratulations, Jose Delgado. Uh, great player. Um, kind of gets uh, he kind of gets um, I guess overlooked as the the Spaniard because of Francisco Sanchez oh, Ruiz. So he so and, he's the, uh, the the Max Lechner of Spain. Yes, yeah, basically. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's David Alcaide, but I'm telling you what, he's a great player. But that's 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 also what what you know myself and Nate have learned and and and. and me especially over the over the last couple of years with the whole COVID, Ghost Pool is a leveler, you know. Huh. If you made a, if you made if you made a world ranking on Ghost Pool, there'd be a lot of different names in there than what you're looking at just now on the on the on, on the reel. It's a it's a different it's a leveler. There's a lot of the skills of the game that are just sort of taken away. They're not advantages for for, for players anymore. And uh, so you so you see in these Ghost events, that, you know, the, not always the top. Obviously, there are some of them that, that, that you know they, they they stick out around the rest. But you're always going to have these names coming through. But you thought, oh, hold on a second, I didn't know about him. So it's it's been good for a lot of players. It's been good for like the likes of uh, uh, Ivan Maluto. He's made a yeah. name for himself on the on the ghost scene and 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 really got a lot of attention. And people are are, are starting to notice his game. Same with Wonderboy. to see how he gets on in real 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 live events. Um, Elijah Alvarez, Wonderboy. Elijah Alvarez, Wonder Boy, yeah, very good player as well. And you've got Delgado now, just made he won a big tournament there. So yeah, it's been good. For, it's been good for a lot. A lot of the, the pros don't like it, but it's been good for quite a few other players. Uh, they've uh, they've made a bit of a name for themselves. So good luck to them. Yeah, whether or not it's, it's a sustainable thing, whether or not it's going to be something we're still going to be seeing in the coming years or not, I have my doubts. Not on a professional level, perhaps on an amateur level. But um, I mean, I, I won't be doing any more of them unless something drastic happens and the world shuts down again. I'll keep I'll keep playing them as long as people are donating money to me, <laughs> which, they, which they basically seem to be at the moment. Out of boy. So, I guess uh, any any other announcements, uh, Mike, Rob, you guys want to make? No, I think we're good, buddy. We're, we're in the good. ninety minute mark. Yeah, this Jim? is we're no, we're a couple um, hours in. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't mind just having a very short, just getting your views on it very very quickly on the on the whole Corey thing, Corey Jewel thing, with breaking with the with oh, the, the, the bridge. The, the... I'm not entirely sure if it's legal. Yeah, I was thinking that too. 
because it says in the rules that any of the equipment that's supplied on the table has to be only used in the manner that it was designed to be used for. Oh. And it's not designed to be used to break with. It's been designed to use to, to if you've got an obstruction in front of you or if you've got a difficulty in reaching. Huh. That's interesting. Not, so I have a, is, he, is he breaking the rules by using it? I, for I have a good friend who uh, had an accident with a chainsaw. He is a pool player in Wisconsin, a very, very good one. And he's a three-cushion billiard player now. And he doesn't have the Come use on. of his left Craig? hand. Craig Powers, yes. Craig he doesn't Powers, have yeah. the use of his left hand. So he can't make a bridge. He can't form a bridge. He can shoot on the rail because his fingers will lay on the rail. But on the table, he can't use an open bridge. He can't form a bridge. So he made a clasp that goes over at the end of his fingers with a little u-shaped trawl kind of thing in it and that's what he slides the pool cue through he has no other way to shoot now i've never I asked yeah but that's a bit that that's different though that is different than somebody just that's you know doing it because here, yeah. they want to he he's forced to use that kind of a thing for a bridge but i i don't see that much difference between that and just voluntarily using well, a bridge I'd to break it, it, it yeah, because you've, it's, you've, you have a choice you do have yes, a choice it, yes if if craig was using that and he yeah. wasn't and he didn't need it then right. i think it's a good and i do actually know a few people uh, i've seen a couple of people who will use um those types of things because their hands get the, like their humidity or something like well, that how about this jump thing this little jump device that's got the two little u-shaped things in it that you put out in the center of the table if you can't reach and you use so that another, yeah. to jump with? So that, so then you can make the argument if you have like really tiny little fingers, jumping gets harder for you than it would be for somebody like me who has long fingers for jumping. Yeah, but they, they did that with Errol. They did that with Errol. They took his fingers away. He, he put extended fingers on his hands because he felt like it gave him a little bit better. And they said, no, you can't use them. His sausage you know? fingers? It's, it's the same with – I've seen it before in snooker, and I've seen it in pool as well. If a player has to bridge over a ball and they're slightly stretching that they have to bridge over the ball – they put the, the rest or the rake, as you call it, instead of going down, holding it like that away from you and playing down it, they put it across and then they put their fingers on top of it, which gives them extra height, and then they bridge over the ball. That's not what it's designed to be used for, and that should be illegal, but I've seen it happening and nobody ever puts anything out about it. But I, I, I'm not, yeah, the rules are not specific. It just says that, all the equipment, the, the equipment they use has to be the equipment that's registered and, and well, allowed to be used during the game. And it has to be used in the manner that it was designed to be used for. And that's not what it's designed to be used for. It, it right. wouldn't be the first time they had to adjust some rules for Corey Duell. No, no, true. <laughs> so, so, he is the most innovative yeah. player that's ever been. He will find ways yeah. to... <clears throat> I mean, listen. He got he got to the hot seat with it. All the you know success in the world with it. I would hate to go and see like if he's playing for a world ten ball championship for as an example, and see him there like in the you know TV arena breaking with the bridge. I think that would look a little silly. But yeah, I mean, to each their own, right? Um, mm -hmm. I I agree with you, Jim. You know, um, but I guess really up to the promoter. You know how they want to go and enforce exactly. it. Exactly. Like any other tournament, the the, the tournament <clears throat> director decides whether or not it's it's allowed or not. And yeah, yeah. I mean, if, I'm, sure, if, I'm sure if, Ed if would have said no, you ain't going to do it. You know? If Corey's yeah, gone yeah. to him beforehand and says, I intend to, to break like this, is that yeah. okay? And they've said, yeah, sure. Okay. Then you go ahead and you right. do it. It's no problem. Personally, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Me neither. If if it's, you know, if it's if it's legit and it's allowed and it's 
you know, there's no controversy about it, then I, I got no issue with it. I'm not entirely sure what, what kind of benefit he gets from it. Maybe he feels like he's... Well, the, that, so the that, idea... That is, I can't maybe, imagine it would be a benefit. Well, maybe he's just feeling like he's... He, he's maybe, he, maybe when he's trying to put a little bit of force into not his break, he's perhaps... he's he's. Reaching forward and his his arms going and with with that it's not given the opportunity. I'm not there's sure. Something, no, the, no, there's the idea, something. There's something. The though. idea. The reason he's doing it is because he can't get his hand high enough to where he can get the proper pop in his ten ball break that he think he that he thinks he needs to. Oh, get. so he can't get so his bridge high enough. Yeah. Right. So he not not high enough and stable. This is what I this is what I understand from it. He cannot get his bridge high thing, enough. Man. He cannot get his bridge high enough with his hand to get the pop. To get the proper pop into the ten ball break that he wants to yeah. to get, so that is why he's using the bridge because it gets so like you're coming in and he wants it to be at a different at a different angle. Then yeah, he wants, he wants it, to be he coming wants down, down onto the center wants, of the ball and get it bouncing. Yeah, yes, that's exactly. But it. That's, to be fair, that's, I, I, kudos to him for getting the power that he gets out of it because you, you try doing that and try and get the accuracy and the power. <laughs> it's not easy using that no. bridge. No, well, I've, I've seen I've seen pictures of him back when he was like in his like mid twenties or late twenties that and he's doing this. So it's not like this started this week. I mean, yeah. he's been doing it for. Right. He's forty. No, he's not even. Is he forty one? Maybe forty two, something like is that. He in his, is he in his forties? It could be. He's definitely oh, in his forties because he's on the Hall he of is. Fame banquet. He's on the Hall of Fame yeah. ballot, so he's definitely okay. over forty yeah. years old. Yeah. Um, yeah, he will be, of course. Of course, he will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the idea, Trevor says, uh, he wasn't breaking that hard at all. Well, you—that's th kind of the idea. Is if you, if you, you don't need to, if you get the right pop on yeah, it. Yeah. If, if you're getting the proper elevation onto your cue, the idea is you're basically just trying to control the white off the off the head ball, and you're trying to get a little bit of a pop off of the break to open up those wing balls huh. into the side pocket. Uh, if you're elevating a little bit more, your cue ball is going to go a little bit higher in the air off of contact, and it, you're not going to need to get as much power into it. So I, I think that's that's the point is um, it, it definitely uh, Trevor, next time we work together, just uh, just let me know. I'll, I'll show you exactly what he's doing. And it does ab absolutely matter it, completely. Everything matters. I promise you. <laughs> I'll show you. Well, exactly if there's what no friction on the cue ball until it leaves the tip of your cue till it touches the first ball. It's got to it's got to be better. <laughs> We'll put it this way. Corey Joe is, is one of the most intelligent players. And like we said, he finds out these little things. And sure. he, he's in it. Yeah. If it didn't make a difference, he wouldn't be doing it. He wouldn't be doing it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Really? So, yeah. Um, I guess with that, let's wrap this up. Uh, <clears throat> thanks for bringing that up. Cause I, I, I did want yeah, to talk about that. That was nice. So thanks. Thanks, Jim. Uh, other than that, let's, uh, let's get out of here. And uh, thanks again for joining us, everybody. And thanks everybody for watching. Later sports fans. See you fellas. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. If you've liked what you've heard and you want to contribute to the future content that will be made, consider joining the podcast's Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash up. Becoming a Patreon of the podcast will help to create all of the future content that the podcast will have. Special shout out to Dave Peters, Aaron Taylor, Pete Silsby, Morgan Lupton, Ben Young, Robert Miller, Andy Morse, and Bill Pelham for your generous contributions to the podcast's Patreon. If you ever need any more information on what the Patreon system is, or how you can contribute outside of the Patreon, 
please reach out to the podcast or Nate himself. If you would like to contribute to the podcast for free, consider sharing any podcasts or the podcast page on Facebook itself. Also, leaving a review and a rating if you listen through iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Cue It Up podcast.